0: It's good to be with you today for the Letter to Philippi Live broadcast, an initiative of letter to a new Messianic Jewish theological and biblical interpretation studies organization that uh, was recently started. I recently started in April of this year. And this study through the book of Philippians, our verse-to-verse verse study through the book of Philippians is our first initiative of this new uh, of this new study. So, let me just share it to the Letter to Philippi page. Okay, so we are now... So, uh, again, welcome to the the uh, Letter to Philippi live broadcast. We'll be looking at Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 today in our continuing study through the Book of Philippians. And... Uh, we will uh, get started. I just need to pull my notes here. Tomorrow I'll finally initially be sure that everything is ready and good to go long before it comes to needs being. But again, my my name is Sean Inslee. I'll be your teacher through this. We've been going through, through the uh, study of the book of Philippians. This is our uh, I believe, our 10th or 11th class that we've done so far. And uh, so. We continue through the Messianic hymn. This is the six verses in the central center of the letter to Philippians, letter to the Philippi, where uh, Rav Shoal, the Apostle Paul, shares about the coming into the the humble coming into the world of Messiah Yeshua, his life of humility, his death on the Roman stake, on the Roman cross, his resurrection and exaltation back into heaven. And then his, his glorious return that we look forward to, when Yeshua is acknowledged as Lord of all the created order, all that has ever been, all that will ever be, will be acknowledging the Messiahship and Lordship of Yeshua. So we begin in chapter 2, verse 9 today, and we read, Therefore God raised him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name in this verse Paul used the Greek word hyper hyperis hyperipsosin which means super exalted or highly exalted Paul was showing that after his life and death as a slave on earth yeshua did not Yeshua did not just be exalted but he was hyper exalted to his, to his place of heaven, going from the lowest, even the, the lowest of humanity to his, his rightful place at the side of, of the father, the side of the, the one God of Israel. Yeshua had been super degraded by coming into the world and dying as a slave, dying the death on the cross as a slave, was now returned to his place. As, as one with the one God of Israel in the, in the, the uh, place of the kingdom of God. Yeshua who had been super, exalt, super degraded would become the one who was super exalted. As, was, as the Messianic hymn seeks to teach Yeshua like humility, it demonstrates that the exaltation of Yeshua was the outcome of his great act of humility, especially his self-sacrificial death on the Roman stake. In Targum Jonathan on Isaiah 53.10, we see the exaltation and rewarding the spoils of the nations given to the Messiah because of his, his willingness to suffer death on behalf of the divine plan for the forgiveness of sins, we read, then I will apportion to him the spoil of great nations and he shall divide his spoil, the wealthy of mighty cities because he was ready to suffer martyrdom that the rebellious he might subjugate to the Torah and he shall seek pardon for the sins of many and for his sake the rebellious shall be forgiven. It was this act of supreme humility that formed the basis from which Yeshua demonstrated his worthiness to exaltation to the highest place. Moreover, this exaltation represents the highest place of authority, which reflects Daniel's prophecy of the end of days in Daniel seven thirteen 13 14, where the Son of Man, Yeshua, is granted eternal universal rulership by the Ancient of Days, God the Father. The name above every name. In speaking of the name above every name, Dr. David H. Stern commented, says God himself transcends human limits. It is not surprising that his nature Cannot be expressed fully by the normal use of language. The fact that God transcends human limitations means that He exceeds what language can convey about Him. So, Doctor Stern makes a makes a powerful point here that the greatness, the transcendency of God, is so great that even in speaking about about Him, speaking about Yeshua, having the name that is above all names. It's conveying that that it's beyond our human language to actually speak about the greatness of God and his wonder and his majesty, that he is beyond what we can actually put together in language. We just have to say the name above all names, that his name is so great. It's beyond what can be expressed in human words. Scholars debate what Paul meant by the name of every name of which the two possibilities prevail, the birth name Yeshua, the name that he went by in his life here in our world, or the Tetragrammaton, the yud Vavhe, the unspoken name of the one God of Israel. So these are the two possibilities that many scholars debate, whether what Paul is speaking about here is the name of all names, whether it is Yeshua's birth name, the name that he bore on earth Yeshua, the, or it is, or it is the tetragrammaton, the the Yudhe of Aphe, the unspoken name of the one God of Israel. For those who hold that it is Yeshua, the first possibility for Paul's name by every name points to the human name of the Messiah, Yeshua though Yeshua is a popular name during the first century of the common era for many males. Scholars who favor this name as the name of her name back their assertion by often citing the divine vocal message to the angel who had visited Yeshua's mother, Miriam, which we read about in Yeshua's break in the law, his circumcision, in Luke 2.21, where we read, on the eighth day when it was time for his break in the law, he was given the name Yeshua, which is what the angel had called him before his conception. (laughs) Biblical scholar CFD Mool asserted that the name Yeshua or Jesus is the name above every name because it was a human name the Messiah was known by in his incarnation in his life here on earth, and the name he bore, in his self-emptying, self-sacrificing on the Roman stake, the formerly common human name Yeshua is now exalted, like the risen Yeshua himself is now exalted. According to Mool, the common name Yeshua, which was a common name of of the of the first century, that that I had always thought that Yeshua was just a special name that the Messiah had, but there were hundreds thousands tens of thousands of yeshuas running around around israel at that time maybe even hundreds of thousands of yeshuas running around jerusalem and israel at that time but according to mool the common name yeshua which was which was was the name of thousands of boys that, of that time became exalted by being the name the messiah suffered and died under the divine yeshua who came to the world as a servant, through his sacrifice, turned the common name Yeshua into what, into the name to which all creation will one day bow, acknowledge the lordship of the bearer. So in his life, his death, his self-sacrifice, the common name Yeshua was, or or the 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 transition into English today, Joshua was exalted and that would be the name to which all creation, the all-created order will one day bow. We can see expanded version of the above points in this progression. In verse 6, we see we see God, the Father. Then second, Yeshua, who without ceasing to be truly and fully human, became a, tr- a truly man, as we saw in verse 7. Furthermore, he experienced death, and in particular, a death of shame and rejection on the cross, on the Roman stake in verse eight. From beginning to end, there was continuity person for it was Messiah Yeshua, who was in the former God, just as at the other end of the process, it was Yeshua who received the name, which is above every name and to whom every tongue will confess. And that's from biblical scholar Mottier. So, So one possibility of the name above every name is that it is the common name Yeshua, the name that the name, the birth name of our Messiah, the name that he was given by the angelic visitor who came to to Miriam and told her that her son would be named Yeshua because he would save the people from their sins. So one possibility of this name of every name to which all creation will bow one day is the name Yeshua, the name, the common name that became exalted and specialized because of the one who bore it, our Yeshua, our righteous Messiah. The other option is is that the name of every name, the Tetragrammaton, the yud heh vav the unspoken name of the one God of Israel. Archangel Solon, who is a biblical scholar at Emory University, suggested that in the Jewish context of Paul's writing, the name of every name was the Tetragrammaton, the unspoken name of the One God of Israel, the Tetragrammaton or the Yud vavhe Vav comes from the Greek word. The, 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 the word Tetragrammaton comes from the Greek word meaning consisting of four letters, which is Yud vavhe Vav in Hebrew. Or, or, or uh, yhd V-H or Y-H-W-H, depending on how the the Latin script is used. It is the four-letter biblical name of the one God of Israel. And it's the unspoken name of the one God of Israel in Judaism. And it was the the name of God that was only pronounced once a year by the Kohen HaGadol, by the high priest, on Yom Kippur, in the Holy of Holies. He would pronounce this unspoken name of God. And this this, so it's biblical name of the one God of Israel. Such a view upholds the highest form of Christology, declaring Yeshua's place with, within the one God of Israel, consistent with the Tanakh. And uh, read that again, this, this powerful statement, and we'll continue on from Kendall Solon suggested that in this Jewish context of Paul's writing, the name of every name was the Tetragrammaton, the unspoken name of the God of Israel. It is the four-letter biblical name of the one God of Israel. So that's your view, viewing the, te- the name of all names as the name of the one God of Israel, upholds the highest form of Christology, the highest understanding of the divine nature of Yeshua, that he is one with the one God of Israel. Declaring Yeshua's place with the one God of Israel consistent with the Tanakh. And Solon also writes, this is a quote from Solon, Paul identifies the first person of the Trinity, the triune God, as the one who gives the divine name. This is the, the second person is the one who receives it. And the third person is the one who awakens the acknowledgement and glorification. While the text does not explicitly mention the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Kodesh, the Spirit's activity is implied by the universal acclamation of Yeshua as Lord, which Paul elsewhere says is. Is possible only as a work of the Spirit, and Paul says that in First Corinthians twelve three that only by the Spirit can one acknowledge Yeshua as the Lord. So, Solomon here sees that that it is the that it is the the name of all names is the unspoken name of God, that you'd have off the Utiavafia, the Tetragrammaton. As we will see in verse ten and eleven, which we'll be looking at tomorrow, and on Monday, the bearer of the name of every name, Yeshua, the Messiah, will receive universal acknowledgement and worship as the sovereign ruler of all creation. For a Jew such as Paul, a devout Jew in the first century, this universal worship that he's speaking about would only belong to the one God of Israel, who is the sole one worthy to bear the Tetragrammaton, the unspoken name of the one God of Israel. Therefore, we see that the name of every name must be the divine name. Paul understanding that there is only one God as, who re- recited daily the Shema that affirmed the oneness of the one God of Israel. In speaking about Yeshua receiving acclamation and receiving this name above all names and the, the universal worship of all creation had to understand that the that this name of every name was the name of the one God of Israel the unspoken name the tetragrammaton the Ave so looking at this way and following on what what uh, we we see from Solon that that in the context of faithfulness to the shema the only way that Yeshua could be the one to bear the name the above all name is if he was one in union with the God of Israel that he was in this what what is this mysterious union that that is either called the Trinity or the triune God so in in acknowledging Yeshua as the one to receive all praise and to whose name all will acknowledge he is acknowledging the divine nature of Yeshua, and And as, as Solon also says that, that also, also they're not specifically mentioned in this passage that the, that the God of Israel includes the Ruach Kodesh, because only through the spirit of God, only for the Ruach Kodesh, can one say Yeshua is Lord, only by the power of the spirit can one acknowledge Yeshua as Messiah and Lord. Biblical scholar N.T. Wright saw a definite connection between Yeshua's Messiah and also being Kyrios, coming from the ancient Greek word Kyrios or Kyrios, which means Lord or Master, which appears about 740 times in the Marikhadasha, and usually refers to Yeshua. In addition, Wright asserted Yeshua's direct reference to the one God of Israel. In Philippians two six through eleven, if Yeshua, if he writes, if Yeshua has now been called exalt, has now been exalted to share the very throne of God, the God who as is Isaiah forty five twenty three declares, will not share His glory with another, then this Yeshua must have been from all eternity, somehow or other, equal with God. So right here is saying that that if Yeshua shares the throne, shares the glory with the one God of Israel. This is an eternal state that he has been in and he is, he is from all eternity equal with God. The Yeshua, the Messiah was the one God of Israel who came into our world, lived his life, died in the Roman state, was resurrected, ascended to heaven and returned to his place place is one with the one God of Israel and we'll we'll see tomorrow and on and on Monday that this this one Yeshua will be acknowledged as Lord by all both the living and the dead and all of creation so that will conclude our time today and as I said we we had some technical difficulties to start off today but we will work on that and be sure that things are are all up to uh, to uh, working in order to, well before the uh, program starts tomorrow. But thank you for, uh, for listening today. And as we look, continue to work our way through the book of Philippians, the letter to Philippi, and go through the uh, Messianic hymn. And tomorrow we'll be looking at uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 10. And to give you a preview, I'll read that. But in honor of the name given Yeshua, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. So tomorrow we'll be looking at the continuing exaltation of Yeshua and the the global acknowledgement of his place as Messiah and Lord of all creation. So, again, thank you for watching the, the program today. This is the Letter to Philippi live broadcast initiative of lettertophilippi.org. And uh, you can go to our website, lettertophilippi.org, all one word, and you can uh, find out more about organization, about what we are planning on doing. If you've missed any of our, our video classes, we have about, about 11 or 12 videos that are already up for our study so far through Philippians. And uh, we'll be adding this to uh, the website later today. And uh, we will be continuing Monday through Friday from 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem time. And tomorrow is that we will look at Philippians chapter 210. And if if you have any prayer requests, we'd like to be praying for you. Because, we, because prayer shows our dependence on God. That's something we'll look at in chapter 4, verse 6, where, where we see that we show our true dependence on God by bringing everything to in prayer. So you can go to our website, lettertophilippi.org, and fill in a, our prayer request form, and I will be praying for you. If you'd like to make a contribution to our work here, uh, you can make a contribution on the website on our donate link. And uh, as I said, we'll be adding more material over time. And if you missed any of these, these classes, just go to the teachings link and you'll find all of our uh, videos from uh, Philippians chapter 1-1 to now we've done Philippians 2 verse 9. So there's about, about 10 or 11 videos that are up there that you can watch or study so far. And tomorrow we'll be looking at Philippians chapter 2 verse 10. So have a good day, and uh, thank you for watching. And again, this is Sean Emsley. You're a teacher from Letter to Philippi, lettertophilippi.org, and uh, we will see you tomorrow. Thank you for watching. Shalom.